Welcome, welcome to another episode of You Press Play Sports, hosted by members of that Florida Atlantic University Press. I am your host, business manager Joseph Acosta, here with photo editor Esten Parker. Down there is sports editor Richard Pereira. Guys, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Doing great, yeah. doing great. We, we're out here. Uh, spring semester is pretty much over, going into the summer now. Um, this is probably the dog days of the sports world. Not much going on, struggling for content, but we're not going to be like that. We're going to have the fire content here for you every week, bringing straight fire, super hot fire. And we're going to start today with the FAU men's baseball team. They're rounding out their schedule for the regular season. And, have, and this past weekend, they split their series against the number 19 team in the country, Southern Mississippi, winning their first game 3-1, to one, losing 6-1, to one, then 8-14, to 14, then winning the final game 9-6 to six to split the, game, split the season. Excuse me. Right now, they sit at 29-23 and 23 with a final game at Miami before the Conference USA Tournament. So, looking at this Southern Miss game, these Southern Miss series, the first thing that sticks out to me is those two losses that came back-to-back. Richard, what happened in those two games? Well, the first game of the doubleheader, it was pretty simple. They were just outmatched uh, on offense and in for the first half of the doubleheader. And then in the second game, like they did much better on offense, but they did way more worse on defense, especially as the game went on. Luckily, at the last game of the series, which I attended, it was a remarkable, a remarkable comeback from them. They were down 5-1. Then a rain delay occurred. After play resumed, we went on a – it was a good, it was a great run. Uh, it was a eight – we won nine to six, so eight one run to end the game. It, it was a great way to end conference play as a whole, and we get to finish up the season against Miami and prepare for the conference tournament, which we are prepared to face Old Dominion. Yep, twenty six. Yep, the twenty sixth of May on a Wednesday. That's going to be on ESPN Plus against Old Dominion. Um, Essen, if you could grade this FAU men's baseball regular season, what grade would you give it? I'd give it a B. Um, it, considering, you know, we came off to a, a flaming hot start. I mean, that, that UCF series and that K, the way Caleb Pendleton started the season for us, that, that was a great way to start. But obviously, as we know, we kind of cooled off a bit. But um, overall, I, I'd say that, Hopefully we can finish strong against UM um, for our last game of the season. But all, all things considered, I think this has been a pretty successful season um, and continuing the continuing the tradition of having a very, a very talented baseball program here. Honestly, I think that the uh, FAU baseball program might be the most consistent of our sports programs here at FAU. Um, looking back at the regular season, FAU was fifth in the conference in batting average as a team batting 276. And then they were, from looking here, they were second 
in the in the conference in home runs. They hit let me see. They hit 69 home runs. That's a very nice number. Second to Old Dominion, who hit 86 home runs. This, and we're facing uh, that first. Oh yep, and God. we are facing Old Dominion first. Now, looking at the pitching, of course, that's been kind of a sore spot for FAU this season. They are eighth in the conference with a 5.98 ERA and have allowed and are fourth with 285 earned runs. So for this team to make a deep run into the conference finals, into the conference tournament, hopefully winning the tournament, getting a spot in the NCAA tournament, Richard, what do you think has to happen? Well, they just have to channel it in on the pitching side of things. They do have a a great pitcher in Javi Rivera, who alone has dominated in conference play throughout throughout conference play since it's done but they just have to channel it in because once they get the pitching together they can really make a a bit a, a huge run in the car so as long as they channel it in on the pitching side of things and let the offense do its thing we can really we can really do something yeah richard i, I think you really nailed it there where you- about the pitching. I mean, we've talked throughout the season about how talented this team is, especially on the offensive side. I mean, Nolan Shanuel, BJ Murray, we know that these guys can produce on offense, but and most recently, Oh yeah. I mean, he, um, he knocked in the two RBIs on, um, in the first game of the series, if I remember correctly. So he's, he's coming in on a hot streak at a good time. Um, but going into this tournament, if the pitching can stay consistent, especially against ODU, where, as JP mentioned, they led the conference in home runs. If the pitching is consistent, we know what the offense can do. And if the pitching can hold itself up, like you said, we hopefully can be able to win the tournament and potentially make a run in the NCAA tournament if we get there. And I definitely agree with you guys. You know, the pitching is going to have to step up. But I think FAU definitely has the bats to kind of just say, you know what, we're just going to out-hit everybody. Looking at this regular season, B.J. Murray was third in the conference in home runs. Bobby Morganson was tied for eighth with 10 home runs. B.J. Murray had 13. Kyle Battle of Old Dominion had 17 home runs this, uh, this regular season. Nolan Shanuel was seventh in the conference in batting average. And he was also seventh in the conference in on-base percentage. So this team can rake. That's, that's what their calling card is. And so I think if FAU can catch some teams at the right time, at the right moment, then their bats can hang with anybody. But like you guys said, the main factor is going to be that pitching. It's going to be whether they can hold it together. Like we said early in the season, can they, they don't have to steer the boat. They just got to keep it – I guess boat is kind of a bad comparison. They don't have to steer – they don't have to drive the car. Got to be the batting. That's the engine. But all they got to do is keep it on the road. Don't go over into the grass. Don't try and leap over that bridge. Just (laughs) keep it on the road. But in other FAU sports news, Yolanda Griffith, 
who is probably, not even probably, she is the best athlete to come out of Florida Atlantic University, was named to a, a member of the 2020 NBA, or not NBA, Pro Basketball Hall of Fame class. Griffith was a star in the NBA, you know, and she showed that star potential at FAU. Like I said, she is the best athlete to walk the halls of Boca Raton. And just shout out to her and all the things that she did for this uh, program and in the NBA, not NBA, and in the WNBA and professional basketball. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, anyway, moving on to the NBA. I think that's probably why. Moving on to the NBA. Guys, the play-in tournament starts on Wednesday in the Eastern Conference. It's going to be the eighth seed or the seventh seed Boston Celtics. <laughs> the Boston Celtics seventh seed against the eighth seed Washington Wizards. Then the ninth seed Charlotte Hornets against the tenth seed, I believe it's the Pacers. Indiana Pacers. The winner of the 7-8 seven, seven, competition will play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the playoffs. The winner of the 9-10 series will play the loser of the 7-8. Wait, I got that wrong. Oh, my goodness. I'm all over the place today. The loser of the 7-8. The winner, the winner of the 7-8 plays the Brooklyn Nets, evidently, in the, second, in the first round of the playoffs. The loser will have to play the winner of the 9-10, and the winner of the 9-10 plays the number one seed, Philadelphia Sixers, in the first round of the playoffs. In the Western Conference, we have the seventh seed, Los Angeles Lakers, against the eighth seed, Golden State Warriors. And we have the nine seed, Memphis Grizzlies, against the 10 seed, San Antonio Spurs. Actually, no. Is it the, is it the Blazers? It, it's the Spurs. Yeah. It's the Spurs. Wow. The Blazers didn't even make it. The wow. Blazers missed the playoff spot. The Blazers clinched the playoff spot. But anyway, Richard, I'm going to start with you. Which one of those playoff play-in games have you most excited? Well, immediately the Lakers and Warriors. It's a simple LeBron versus Curry matchup. It, that game requires uh, a masterclass performance from Curry. It, while I do expect the Lakers to win, Things could get very interesting should Curry really go off. Yeah, I think Steph Curry, who led the NBA in scoring this season, I think he is enough to make this game competitive. I just think there's too many, there's too much Anthony Davis, especially with Kevon Looney playing and not, not James Wiseman. Draymond Green can only do so much. And optimistically, you're going to get LeBron when he's healthy. So that would set up if the Lakers win, then the Lakers would play the two seed, who is the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. Ooh. <laughs> DP3 against LeBron, first round of the playoffs. Anthony Davis is going to have fun with that matchup. Oh, boy. But, Eston, going over to you, which matchup has you most excited to watch the play in? Obviously, the Lakers and the Warriors, but without repeating exactly what Richard just said. I'm looking more at this and looking at the rest of the games. Here's the thing. I want to get excited about Boston and Washington. Sorry, Richard. 
I, I'm just not very, I'm not very excited for that game. Uh, I'm, I'm most looking forward, I guess. You want LaMelo ball, don't you? <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I do want some LaMelo ball. I, I want to see the horn. A way into the playoffs. They're really about to go up against. 76ers and honestly that just props to the Hornets for getting this far you know um and considering how bad they've been historically um in this season you can tell that they're for once it looks like they're actually building some momentum they're building a good core group of players especially around LaMelo that they can um that they can build around so Looking forward to that game, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited for this Lakers Warriors matchup. This should be a lot of fun. Yeah, not I don't gonna... know about I don't know about you guys, man, but I'm excited for this Boston uh, Washington matchup. I really I think it's a matchup between two teams with all stars, and I'm sorry, Richard, but Washington might win. I would pick Washington to win this game. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> this team has hit a hot streak, unlike I've seen from the Wizards this year. Russell Westbrook finished the season averaging a triple-double, which casually, casually averaged a triple-double, which, for the record, is four times in the past five seasons he's averaged a triple-double. Before that, Oscar Robertson had only done it, like, once. And now Russell Westbrook's just casually making records. Don't underestimate his greatness. Bradley Beal can get you 40 at any game, at any moment. I think I go Washington, man. Jalen Brown being injured really hurts that team yeah. because that was their secondary score. Kemba Walker is too hot and cold. And Even I really Kemba has been on a good streak as of lately, but if he, if he can really come through against Washington, that would really help Boston. Yeah, but I just think it's going to be too much Westbrook and Beal. Yeah. And the two man, the two that's man. That's going to set up. Nets versus Wizards in a full playoff series. AD versus Westbrook. Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's going to be eating glass and sweating Red Bull the entire series, and I'm going to be here for it. But going up, moving on to another question I have for you guys. Um, last year, the Heat were the four seed and made a run all the way to the conference to the uh, finals. What team that's below a top three seed do you think can make that? Miami Heat style run. Essen, I'll start with you. The Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the Miami Heat can make a Miami Heat style run and do it again. Let's run it back one time. But um, without going too far into being a homer here, because love the Heat. I'm going to put my personal bias to the side. Um, I'm going to go with the <sighs> – don't forget the Lakers are seventh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the it, it's got to be the Lakers. Um, I almost, I almost said the Knicks, but then I remembered we're still talking about the Knicks here. So gonna go with the Lakers or the Warriors, whoever comes out of that. Um, so, but if I had to choose one, definitely the Lakers. Yeah. Speaking of the Knicks, I actually have them beating the Hawks in six games. So I don't know, man. It's going to be a great series, but I have the Knicks winning in six. Yeah. 
I think if there's any team that can make a heat style run, and this team is actually the four seed in the West, it's the Los Angeles Clippers. I know. <laughs> I know. Eston, I know. Paul George. I know. I know. I know. For some reason, they can't escape the Mavericks. For but, some reason. But again, this team has played really good when everybody's healthy. Paul but, George, for the amount of crap that we give him, has played really good this year. Kawhi Leonard has once again been Kawhi Leonard, and I think Rajon Rondo has added such another good level of playmaking where Kawhi and Paul George don't need to be the ball handlers in the clutch, where they can just say, hey, Go score, and we'll set you up. I think they have the potential to make that Miami Heat-style run. But like Richard said, they could – and I don't think they're in the uh, Lakers' side of the bracket. They're not. They won't play each other until the conference finals. But man, Unless the Lakers are the eighth seed. Unless the Lakers are the eighth seed. If we're going over to the Eastern Conference, a team that I think can make that Heat-style run, completely being totally 100% unbiased. I'm not choosing the Heat here. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Do you think this squad is much different than last year's Heat Squad, heat squad based on they don't have – compared to last year, they don't – this season for Miami has been in and out. Like at early in the season, they were not doing too good, mostly because of COVID, but you know. And now it's not the same Heat team that we were familiar with last season. It's so, not, but and, I. And then with the Bucks, they have Drew Holiday, which is a better improvement compared to Eric Bledsoe. But so, are the Bucks think... is much better? Yes. But would it result in them being Miami? That's the question. But. I think Miami's rounding into peak form at this at this point in time. I think they're finally starting to hit the gas. Everybody's healthy. Goran Dragic being healthy has helped that team because he's another scorer who can handle the ball and doesn't put so much pressure on Jimmy Butler. Of course, they're going to need Jimmy Butler to be Jimmy Butler in this series. But I don't know, man. The Heat seem to have the, the, the Bucks number. And, but here's – oh, sorry. And I think – it could go seven. Seven? This series seven. could go seven. Seven games. I, I do think that the Heat will beat the Bucks in this series. My concern with the Heat, though, is not having Victor Oladipo, mm. I think, will, will really affect them. Um, well, it, 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 I, I think if they had Oladipo, I'd feel more comfortable in – honestly, I'd probably choose them as a finals – is my Eastern finals choice. But I don't know, man. Oladipo only played in like two games. I don't think he moved the needle. Like he didn't, he didn't drastically change that team so much in two games. True. I, I, I just think though, in, in this time in the, in the playoffs, that, that little difference in depth could make a huge difference, but maybe, maybe Tyler hero blows up again in the playoffs like he did last year, but Kendrick, no. Okay. I'm True. going to say something that you guys are probably going to get the cap out on me for. Hmm. The team from the Eastern Conference that I could see making a Miami Heat-style run to the finals. I can't believe I'm saying this. It might be the Knicks, man. 
it might be the Knicks because yep. think about it. Think I about I won't I won't get the cap. Think about the this last York season. If we get the battle of New York in the conference finals, <laughs> think about last year's Heat team compared to this year's Knicks team. Um, they're led by a score who could turn it up in big moments, Julius Randle and Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying they're equal. superstars, but they are stars. I'm not saying they're equal either. I think Jimmy Butler's a better player. They're also led by, they also can get hot from three, which the Knicks have shown the ability to do with Alec Burks, excuse me, Reggie Bullock. Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench has really helped them. But I think R.J. Barrett's going to be huge for them in this playoff yeah, run. He's the biggest X actor. He's going to have to play like the second star because if it's Julius Randle and a bunch of dudes, then I don't think they're going to beat Atlanta. But they and then could. Rose. Outside of Miami, who I think can make a Miami-style run, I think New York could. I'm really scared about saying that because I know as soon as I say it, they're going to get swept by the Hawks. <laughs> but I've already put it into the universe. We're going to roll with it. I'm just saying the Heat can make, or the Knicks can make a Heat-style run. The other team, that's not the Miami Heat. So we're going to move on into our last little section of our sports talk today. And I'm kind of coming up with this on the fly. So bear with me here. Walk with, walk with me here. Walk with me here. All right, so we got the NBA play-in tournament and we got the end of the season coming up for the NBA. Right now, I want you to give me your MVP, Mm -hmm. Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Richard, I'm going to start with you for MVP. Go ahead. First off, I have to give a a lot of credit to Nikolai Jokic to be able to put the team on his back after Jamal Murray went down with that unfortunate injury. He really turned it up to a point that you just have to give it to him. He kept the the Nuggets afloat throughout the season and kept them at a comfortable spot where they can continue competing whether they beat the Blazers in the first round remains to be seen. I think they can still do it. It's going to be difficult, but I think they're capable of doing it. So, All right, Esten. In the NBA. Esten, who's your MVP this year? Got to go Jokic. I mean, what more can be said? Um, if it's not him maybe Curry because by sheer willpower he has led this team to potentially being in the playoffs but it's got to be Jokic for me yeah the only way I see Stephen Curry winning this is if they do it for like he has he set like records this year because the only comparable season I see like to a player who won the MVP when his team really wasn't that good is Russell Westbrook and that year he averaged a triple double the first time he averaged a triple double he set a record. I don't know if Steph Curry necessarily did yeah. enough. And also, I think the Thunder were a six seed, and the, the Warriors, Warriors are an eight, and they're in a play-in. So I think I'm going to go with 
Nikola Jokic because he's having one of the most efficient seasons in NBA history. And I know we kind of like to underrate it because he plays in Denver. Nobody really watches Denver. But he's having a historic season, and I think he should be rewarded for that by winning MVP. Essen, I'm going to start with you for Defensive Player of the Year. Who is your Defensive Player of the Year? I'd love to say Bam Adebayo, but Rudy Gobert. I mean, what what a monster on defense. Um, you know, he's a guy that, what more can be said, he's a paint monster. Um, he's what Hassan Whiteside thinks he is. Um, he's a guy that on occasion, I mean, I trust him out in the perimeter. Um, he's, he's just an excellent, he's an excellent defensive player. And hence why I think he is the defensive player of the year. All right. I'm going to go for this one. I'm going to go next for this one. All right. So I'm going to list off some players. And I'm going to tell you what their field goal percentage was when they were guarded by the defensive player of the year, my defensive player of the year, Bam Adebayo. LeBron James shot 25% from the field when guarded by Bam Adebayo. Bradley Beal, 14%. He was one for seven. John Collins, one for seven, 14%. Damanis Sabonis, one for five, 20%. Giannis Antetokounmpo, five of 13 38 and a half percent. Julius Randle, seven of 18, 38.9%. Pascal Siakam, two for six, 33%. Kevin Durant, five for 11, 45%. Zion Williamson, one for four, 25%. Jalen Brown, four for 14. And let me not forget the last time they played the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie was guarded by Bam Adebayo, he was 0 for eight. When I say Bam can guard everybody well. He guards everybody well. And that's my thing with Rudy Gobert. He has the stats in the interior, but he isn't as good as a perimeter defender as Bam. This is very, this this sounds very homerish. And I know, I know. But Bam had a bio defense player of the year. And I'll leave it at that. I'll walk off like Bam did. Richard, who is your defense player of the year? It is it is Gobert, even though Bam does. It's probably my runner-up. Gobert, he held the Jazz top the conference. Sure, it was him and Donovan Mitchell, and especially Bo, uh, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, who really rejuvenated that squad to get to the to get to top the conference as they did. So. You have to you have to put respect on that. They topped the conference. Yeah, but again, it's kind of a team game. But I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. We got to make this quick. We're gonna go around quick around the horn. I'm gonna start with rookie of the year. I'm going Anthony Edwards. I think the time Lamelo was injured, although it wasn't his fault at all, I think Anthony Edwards shot up the board. And the best ability is availability. Anthony Edwards should be rookie of the year. He's having an unreal season for the Timberwolves, and I know the Timberwolves aren't good. They're very bad. They're very, very, very bad. But Anthony Edwards is very, very, very good. And I think we should give him Rookie of the Year. Uh, Richard, you go next. It's Anthony Edwards. Sure, the T-Wolves haven't had a good season, but it's mostly because everybody wasn't healthy. The main core wasn't healthy. But when Anthony Edwards 
stayed healthy for pretty much the entire season and he balled out. So giving him rookie of the year makes the most sense out of anything. No disrespect to Anthony Edwards. Excellent player. And I'm sure him and LaMelo Ball are going to be, we're going to be arguing for a while to see who is the better player. But I got to go with LaMelo Ball for this one. (laughs) Um, Edwards is my number two. But in the Hornets aren't a playoff team without LaMelo Ball. Um, Not in my eyes. I mean, if they didn't have ball season, I don't think they'd be in the playoffs, even though the East is pretty weak. So once they're, I think the East is top heavy. So um, I got to go with LaMelo Ball on this one. All right. There's, There's our most rookie of the year. Now, coach of the year. Richard, I'll start with you. Who is your coach of the year? Mm. Brad Stevens. I always kept saying, <laughs> no, he isn't. He's not. He's not. Uh, I would give it to Tom Thibodeau to give the Knicks a four seed. And probably, he's probably going to get to second. The Knicks are probably getting to the second round. And Tom Thibodeau, he has to be given a lot of credit. This is a different Knicks team that we've seen in the past decade or so. And this is a this is a fun Knicks team to watch. And I really enjoyed what they've done this year. Eston, you're up. Who's your coach of the year? Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. I, I think Tom Thibodeau and, and no disrespect to Thibodeau too. He has done an excellent job with the Knicks. But this is the first time the Suns are, are making a playoff since 2010. Um and my gosh, is that team fun to watch? And they're uh, good. Like they're really yeah. good. Yeah. Like they they quite honestly, I, I think they can definitely make the finals. Um I if, would not if, be surprised if they make it that far. If they don't face the Lakers in the first round. Oh no. Uh, oh, 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 oh no. I'm take I I I'd take the Suns in, in that series. Anthony, I'm I'm taking the Suns in that. Yes. You heard it here first. The yes. Lakers, if the Lakers face the Suns in the first round, the Lakers will be eliminated. That you is from Eston right. Parker, photo editor, Eston Parker, that man right there. <laughs> you do realize what this means, right? LeBron's first time losing in the first round. You're and it will mean against Phoenix. And that'll mean two of his first three years in his first three years in LA, missed playoffs, finals championship, missed playoffs. That's kind of crazy. My coach of the year, um, with all respect to Monty Williams, I also have to give a shout out to Quinn Snyder, Utah Jazz. Gotten to the best record in the league, best team in the West, which is a stacked conference. I don't see how we're going to give it to anybody other than Tom Thibodeau. The Knicks were predicted to finish last in that conference. They're predicted to have a top three pick again. They were the butt of jokes on social media. Disney made a joke about them. In movies, they were the butt of Disney jokes. The work he's done to make that team good defensively, like not just offensively, they're they're shut down defensively. That has to be credit to Tom Thibodeau. You got it. I I think he's gonna sweep it. Honestly, I don't know how anybody else is gonna get another vote. He's gonna sweep all the first place votes, and it's well deserved for the stuff that he's done with the Knicks. Like, not, not just anything, the New York Knicks. 
The only thing that'd be comparable is if Luke Walton somehow turned the Kings around, which probably won't happen for another six to ten years. But that's going to be all for us from the University Press Sports, You Press Play, sports episode number 12. Make sure to like, like, subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars on Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. If you don't, we're going to call you a hater. You'll make Eston really sad. You don't want to make Eston really sad. Otherwise, you will get Big Red. And you don't want to see Big Red. But from <laughs> sports editor Richard Pereira, photo editor Eston Parker, my name is JP Acosta. I'm the business manager. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>